Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global... safety stand 20,000 cops and a hundred thousand sworn enemies I want them all I want all the warriors they've got one way out What up, High Fivers? Your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got a very special guest here. I've got my good friend, Mr. Doc Simmons, on the other side of, uh, well, the state, I guess. So, Doc, how are you tonight, my friend? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Let's uh, talk about a great action movie. Dude, I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get into it. So make a long story short for people that don't know how to read or didn't read um, in, the, you know, in the notes here. But Doc and I are going to be going over the 1979 fucking classic the warriors um you know let's we'll get into it but I, i'll be honest with you doc this movie actually got better with age it's um, in a way it, it has gotten better with age only because i like i'm a, me and my lady are both huge action movie fans and i just feel that action movies have changed so much that when you go back to just such a simple upfront story that it just shines a little bit more. Yeah. And just, uh, well, and just digging into this movie, um, you know, in the DIY aspect of it, you know, I mean, all this shit was shot on location. Yeah. You know, and I mean, just the logistical hell of just that scene with Cyrus has got to be, you know, we'll get into that. So, um, <laughs> but actually, uh, Doc, so my first question is, so what was your introduction to Warriors? Um, it, I am not exactly sure, but I have a good feeling it was music. Yep. Um, a reference to the warrior somehow. It, you hear it once, you hear it a couple times, and then you just got to be like, okay, what is this movie? Um, I didn't see it till much later in life. I can remember uh, actually when I decided to go get it because it, it, <laughs> it was a big announcement um, when Rockstar had done the Warriors game and they were going to come out with the DVD. They're going to um, re-release the DVD. 
And that's when I got the DVD. I did not get the game. My best friend got the game, but I got the movie. And that was my first time seeing it. Nice. So it was like 05, 06, something like that, I think. Yes, sir. So um, how was that game? I mean, I'm not much for, for video games, but how was that game? Um, it's a Rockstar game. So if you like Grand Theft Auto, if you like uh, anything like that, it's basically that. Nice. Um. Yeah, because there was a Scarface game that a friend of mine had. I don't know if Fox started that one too, but yep, yeah, they did that one too, <laughs> um, and had another friend who had that one. So, yep, same thing. Yep, if you like those GTA style games, yeah. um, Scarface and the Warriors are good pickups. Yeah. So yeah, because because um, growing up, because I mean, I grew up in rural Wisconsin. Um, you know, and I started listening to hip hop probably when I was like 14, 15. Um, but yeah, I always tell this story list that me and my boys, we always just, uh, Saturday night was Headbangers Ball on MTV and MTV actually stood for music. Yeah. Um, you no know, monotonous bullshit. Um, <laughs> but before that was UMTV raps. And then one Saturday night, I had, I had Saturday night off for some reason. And we turned it on and there's these nine dudes from the fucking Staten Island. <laughs> crazy. So I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but. Yeah, it was the Wu Tang Clan. And yeah, they got a bunch of Warriors references. And then uh, yep. my my boss, I used to be a line cook uh, at this place called the Slinger Inn, and he always it was hitting me to music and movies and stuff like that. And he told me to watch Warriors. So yeah, I was like ninety five, ninety six when I first saw it. So yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Wu Tang was the first reference I heard because it would have been around that time. Um, but yeah, just it. Took me a while to to acquire the funds to yeah. to to get a copy. Yeah, you know it, it's tough too. Sometimes when you hear about movies like so often, they don't live up to all the hype, especially when yeah. you late. Um, for me, that was the Big Lebowski for a while. Mm. Um, but now I love that movie. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's it's definitely grown on me. So. Um, but yeah, so we'll just kind of start off here with like the pre-production and the cast and all the stuff like that. So, and then, uh, obviously like most movies, doc, this is based on a book. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the same name, um, by Sal Urich. Um, you know, I guess the fascinating study of sociology and it's kind of really, I guess the book kind of dug more into like the economic circumstances, you know, why Which isn't surprising because um, I think it's really interesting if you listen to Cyrus's speech. Yeah. You could play that to almost any crowd at any point in history and it would yeah. probably still ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I mean, that was just masterful. Um, you know, and obviously the diversity in all the gangs, which was an, was very pretty refreshing. Um, and then later on, too, I said, you know, the fact they actually had some girl gangs in there, which was nice, because that was yeah. unheard of in the late 70s. So, yeah, the Lizzie's. Yeah. The, came, came the most prepared. Yeah. Came the most prepared. Yeah. But then they shit the bed. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess it's based on a Greek story of a bunch of Spartans that got stuck in the middle of the ocean or not the ocean, but middle of Greece somewhere. So, mm. Um, I always thought that was Homer's, Homer's Odyssey, but um, let's see what else we got here. So, yeah, I got a shit ton of uh, it. Oh, wait, it, it's based on Homer's Odyssey? I, see, that's what I always thought. Um, that seems very closer. Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking, I guess. Um, and I love that book. I haven't read it in forever. But, yeah, I mean, just a guy making a journey home. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Oh, the lizards, the sirens, they're trying to kill you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it makes sense that it would be the Odyssey. Yeah. It'd be fun to maybe break and reread that book and kind of break it down. But, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Uh, Doc Simmons, part two. We're reviewing the Odyssey. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll that would be <laughs> awesome. Um, we, we can do it. I mean, mark it down. So, um, yeah, and it was pretty funny. Listen, you know, when Walter Hill and uh, the writers kind of first pitched the movie, uh, they said no one would want to do it. And, um, well, they were right. You know, it was pretty amazing. And they got shut down by everybody, like most things. So, um, and also they had to, so they started filming like early, um, like mid 78. So, summer 78 came out February 29 or February 9th, 1979. I was two, but um, yeah, but it kind of came out. So you ever heard of the movie, The Wanderers? Yes. Okay. Um, I actually never heard of it till about three years ago. My brother-in-law actually, we watched it and it's just, I mean, it's just the Greasers versions of the warrior for the same thing, kind of the same thing, but the warriors wanted to come out first. Um, I think it, it turned out great. Um, oh, no. Great. Yeah. And then uh, they had a tough time casting. Um, you know, because obviously they want to talk. They were looking for people that had a certain look, people that knew how to act. The motherfuckers had to be athletic. I mean, if you really look, these dudes ran their asses up. Oh, I the mean, they, they they have the Mortal Kombat Thunder God Raiden on their side. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the ultimate uh, athlete. Yeah. God, I mean, like I said, and like I said, you know, as you're watching, you don't really think of it. And then when you, when you notice that, I mean, like every other scene. So I was like, um, and everyone that's cast is from New York. So, um, yeah. So I'm, local business, yeah, <laughs> you know, and all, and all shot on location, you know, that, that, that's the credit. That's what really kind of gave me an appreciation for this movie. Um, just the logistics of having to get, I mean, I, I always get lost in New York city. So. No. Yeah. Like, uh, Union Square doesn't look like that ever, no. <laughs> ever. Yeah, so. and they're like, "Oh, we we have to go meet up and hide in Union Square." No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Obviously, James Beck played Swan. I guess Walter Hill saw him in a movie that he was actually scouting Sigourney Weaver for. Um. James Raymer, the original Ajax. I mean the. Uh, the guy that everyone loves, Ajax. Oh yeah, how could you not love Ajax? Um, and he's been—I mean, he's been all over the place. I mean, yes, I know yep. he was in a bunch of the uh, Fast and Furious movies. Yep. Um, all over the place. And yep. uh, I, I made the illusion earlier. He's in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, what? What is actually amazing when you look at this cast is how many of them ended up in the same movies. Like really? a yeah. bunch of them are in 48 hours. Um, a bunch of them are in um, uh, this movie called Quicksilver that I ended up seeing as I was looking up the cast. Um, is that yeah. the bike movie? Mm-hmm. Is that the bike, the bike movie? Yeah, yeah, that's the bike movie. I think I saw that in the movie theater for some reason. Yeah, a bunch of them are in that. It what and like you, you, you I mean, you brought up James Reiner, and as we go on, like. Some of them went to go on to do like some classic movies, yeah. And, and then some of them, like that was it. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess like so the guy that played Cyrus, that was kind of he was like a theater. Obviously, I mean the way the guy's voice projected. 
Um, you know, he didn't do much, but uh, obviously there's Danford Patrick Kelly. Yeah. He's like to call him, um, you know, all over the place too. And he started off in, um, yeah, I'm, that's how they found him too. Um, but yeah, he was in Commando. He was in the Crow. Yeah. Um, he's all over Enterprise commercials. Um, <laughs> you know, let's see here. Oh, we got Roger Hills, the guy that played Cyrus. Um, and then Dipper Van Falkenberg played Mercy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so and she did. Yeah, you know, she was in a couple of things too, um, actually. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Walter said she was the obvious, unobvious choice. Um, our man, uh, yeah, Luther, I believe it was. Uh, he was in a bunch, but let me. Find. He's yeah, he's on. I think he did like sixteen more movies with Walter Hill. Yep. Um. But I mean, yeah, he's just legendary. I mean, the crow is that's I mean, that was right in my wheelhouse. I mean, it came out when I was a teenager. So oh no, oh uh me being the big uh uh kung fu movie fan that I was at the time and, and yeah. loving Bruce Lee and like, oh, we get Brandon Lee. Yeah. It, it, legendary. Yeah. He was awesome. And, and then go go some inspire, you know, one of my favorite wrestlers at the time, Sting. Like that movie could do no wrong. Yeah. Well, and speaking of wrestlers, obviously this uh, was a humongous influence on uh, the Goldust character in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. as we'll see in the Baseball Furies. But um, and then the big one was the DJ, Miss Lynn Thigpen. Yes. Uh, where in the world? Where in time is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, that when I heard that, I I cracked up. So I, I mean, I could just I, I could just hear her voice, and then her big other big one was Lean on Me. You know, mm-hmm. she's antagonist and Leon. I, I love that movie. So, but she's a, another one. She's because her voice is legendary. Like she's in, I believe, Ratatouille as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Like she's in. She's in a lot. Yeah. Uh, actually, like it. It's like you can say James because of his because his face. Yeah. He's on on the screen more. You might think that he has been the most successful, but she's been doing it for a while before that, and then after that, like her voice has lended to a lot of a lot of work. Um, hold up, I'll pull it up right now. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of I mean, you know, and it worked. Listen, her as a DJ, but yeah, just showing the lips. Yeah. I mean, it just really added, a, a, you know, a, a part of Mister uh, Mystery. Definitely. Oh yeah. Then uh, Bicentennial Man. She's in the Shaft remake. Uh, Blank Man. Anger Management. Don't know. Yeah. The District. Uh, that TV show. Like legendary voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and great actress, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like we talked about, everyone in the movie is from New York. Um, a lot of little fun stories on, like, especially shooting that big scene in the park. Because um, those were all extras, and those were all, you know, other gangs. Um, but, yeah, they were just having a good time. Yeah. You know, so it was good to see, because obviously you got, you know, a thousand gang members in there. It could get a little ugly, so, um, you know, but. Uh, hey, it's a payday. We all know how that goes. So. Yep, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if how those guys get paid. Um, but then I just want to shout out to this lady, Bobby Ma- Mannix. She's the one who did all the costumes. Mm. 
dude. That, that have, how many of them have gone to inspire oh looks since then? It, it's 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 redonkulous. I mean, and how fashion is so cyclical because yeah. how many people wear the stuff that's in that movie yeah, nowadays? Yeah. A lot of that stuff's coming back for a second time. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, fashion's very very cyclical. And then Barry Durzon was uh, the guy that scored the movie, and um, yeah, the score of this movie was fantastic. You know. Yeah. There's all there's obviously there's I mean they're playing the songs on the radio and then the one at the yeah yeah but uh yeah the background music with that that crazy weird synth stuff yeah I like so but that is the era of like that synth sound for for intensity like that to like maybe like ninety two ninety three yeah so um that might have been the beginning of it yeah. And uh, all this, yeah, all this was shot, obviously shot at night, you know, and they're shooting during the summer, so they had some short nights, so, and, uh, you know, people had to break for for lunch and stuff like that, so, um, made it a little interesting, so, and then really think the cool thing I, I really liked about this movie, too, is, um, obviously, New York City is also a character. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the movie, and uh, so is the subway itself, so. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah. Um, for for anybody who has uh, uh, taken the subway in New York, I'm sure we have all experienced the firebomb delay yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the trains. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I guess the writers were like, well, what would be the one thing that stopped a train? And they talked to the subway people like, a fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, this came out February 1979. It actually started off pretty hot in the box office. Hmm. Uh, but then all of a sudden, all of a, you know, like the, the quote unquote gang violence, um, and then it just kind of got swept under the rug. Yeah, yeah. Until uh, until people like the Wu Tang Clan, and all of a sudden, they got a classic resurgence. Probably, yeah, I'd say probably early '90s. Probably the first the first resurgence, and then the game pretty you know, obviously helped. So yeah. Um, really. But before we jump in the movie doc, do you have another pre production or cast notes or anything you want to go over? Uh, let me see. No, I think most of my notes are on the movie itself. So, yeah, we can jump into that. Cool. Um, oh, and I just said uh, real quick, um, I had a note on David Patrick Kelly, um, my favorite Luther. Um, but I guess he's very uh, Daniel Day-Lewis-like. He's very into character, like he wouldn't break character. I can imagine. Because... So, I'll have things to say about him, I'm sure, throughout the entire movie. <laughs> uh, um, you know, it was funny because I guess he would not associate with anyone in a war- or any of the Warriors, like, off camera. So, listen, it was, I, I, mean, I, I love hearing stuff like that. So, Protect kayfabe. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> always you know, always got to protect the kayfabe. So, um, yeah, we'll start off. So, originally, um, the original shot was an opening shot during the day. Um, and Klingon was actually kind of giving a pep talk, um, but it, it just didn't seem right. Um, you know, and I'm glad they didn't do it because the, the opening they had was perfect. Um, yes, uh, let, let me uh, spiel a bit about the opening because I really enjoyed the opening. Um, yeah. the, the opening sequence, the introduction to the Warriors themselves, um, I think. 
the strength of of stories as we get older is in the supporting cast. Yep. I think when you're younger, um, you um, you tend to attach yourself to the main character. That's kind of the point of the main character, and a lot of stories get self insert. Yeah. Um, but I think as you get older, you start uh, relating more to the supporting cast characters, yeah. and you maybe get five seconds of every character of the warrior talking but their personalities come through so much mm-hmm. in those little five second snippets yeah um, um like you understand that rembrandt is the young one um they gotta protect him yeah uh, you understand that that swan is our our, our stoic quiet l- leader you understand ajax is a jackass <laughs> 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 And you know, he gets whatever is coming to him. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was just rewatching it with, I don't want to say like an educated eye. It's not like I'm like super, some super smarky, you know, watcher. But uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Like everyone just got their lines and you go through the cast and there wasn't any, I mean, obviously there was dialogue, but it wasn't any real dialogue. And I really. Just enough. That. Just enough to be like, this is who this is. Um, we tell you enough about them to like them or hate them to understand where they are at this point in the story. Yeah. Um, and that opening shot too, of just that wonder wheel, you know, Coney Island is just so epic. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> paints a, a very good picture of Coney Island, uh, much better <laughs> than if you've ever been there. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to Coney Island? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I never had. Listen, so we were just in the city, but yeah, I haven't made to Coney Island. I got a good friend of mine who lives up that way, but I admit um, it's, it, it has been some decades at this point since I've been there. Yeah. Um, but when I when I would have gone there, it would have been probably much closer to what Coney Island was in the Warriors and what it is now. <laughs> I had to bet. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll get to that. But yeah, there's there's one scene they're running out of the tra- or, uh, out of the subway station, and uh, they were just. Uh, crossing into um, Central Park, and they were just in Manhattan. And, uh, yeah, Faith and I were on that corner, like, what, three weeks ago. So <laughs> I was like, holy shit, it's the same train station. It's the same stop. So I was like, oh, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, like, I said, like you said, yeah, Klingon's kind of – or Klingon's getting, like, to load, load on. You know, Cyrus, we, we hear about this mythical Cyrus. And it's yep. cool, too, because, yeah, we learned all about Cyrus without even seeing it. Yep. And we're like, oh, Magical. Yeah. Yeah, he, That's all I can say. He's magical. Yeah, he's he, that's exactly it. So, um, you know, and uh, obviously, Cleon tells uh, Shakespeare, you know, the um, I keep calling him Shakespeare, Rembrandt. I uh, <laughs> uh, to take everything in sight, so I like that. So, and uh, man, like I talked about earlier, those those fucking costumes are tighter than shit. Yo, yep, yep, yep. Um, and you can definitely see where uh, certain wrestlers have stolen their looks. Yep. Uh, I'm like, like you said, we're talking about Furies and Gold Dust, but yeah, um, yeah, um, you can definitely tell uh, the best era, highly inspired by the Warriors. Yeah, um, you know that that punkish rogue era, yep. um, also in there. So very interesting. I mean, even um, uh, the riffs. I'll, I'll I'll get into it a little later because there's a certain point in the movie that I specifically want to talk about what they reminded me of uh, as far as another movie. But even even the riffs, uh, there's a certain look and style to to all the gangs that definitely yeah. have gone on to inspire a lot of people nowadays. 
Yeah, and um, you know, with all those clips, let's yeah, you you learn the warriors, but then yeah, they all the clips of the other gangs kind of making their moves. Yep. You yeah. Know? So, um, like you said, just fucking brilliant. Um, I, I really, you know, and watching yeah, everybody, clips, everybody's distinct, and and you've you've got everybody's got gangs they're they're attached to. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then at the end of it, um, you know, we find out Ajax, you know, he likes to fight and fuck. That's his big thing. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, I just have uh, Ajax horny and violent. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that is his introduction. He is horny and violent. Yep. I think he has maybe uh, when when Cleon's doing the, like, the introduction, like, when they're getting ready to decide whether they're going to meet Rosiris. Um, Ajax has maybe three scenes. Yeah. And in those three scenes, they're each maybe five, like I said, five to at most like eight seconds. Yeah. And it's either uh, I, I just want to fight on the way there, on the way back, on the people there, or yeah. I'm trying to fuck on the way there, there, or on the way back. Yeah. And then uh, we get a little foreshadowing at Ajax last lines like, well, no one's going to be there anyways. Yeah. And then they cut directly to the park. Yeah. Uh, Klingon was wrong. Or, uh, Ajax was wrong. So, um, yeah. And then we go to, and then it's what? I think it's Riverside Park, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Up in the Bronx. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're headed to the Bronx. They, the Warriors had never been to the Bronx. Yeah. And that's, I always kind of, I mean, you always, it's just a different way of living. Like, I mean, like I said, for the, for us, we look at it's like, Oh, the Bronx and Coney Island, they're only 20 miles away, you know, but I mean, yeah, 5 it, million people in between. I mean, so, it's a lot different. Yeah. You know? the, the city is built a lot different between those 20 miles. Yeah. You know, and I mean, in, in that you've, in your borough, you've got everything you need. So a lot of times there's, I mean, I mean, well, where I grew up, I mean, I grew up in Slinger. I mean, half the people went to high school would never left Slinger. You know? No, um, I mean, we brought up uh, Wu-Tang, and I believe it was RZA who said, uh, you know, New York's a great place to live, but the problem is uh, you can live and, and die your whole life within a nine-block radius before you were born. Yeah. Like, you, you, it's one of those places where, like, yeah, the city is great. You know, there's so many people, so many things are, are close by. You can go so many places, but you because there's so many people, because there's so many things, you don't have to. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to find um, something to grind against. Yeah, to to better yourself. Um, yeah. So, and then obviously this is the, the biggest scene logistically. Um, and obviously, you know, we could probably sit here and talk about just this scene and how they did it for hours. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it sounds like yeah, there was almost a thousand extras. Like, oh. it is a massive scene. Um, the detail and all the gangs making them look different. Yeah, like I said, uh, you can definitely if if you look long enough, you can find somebody to identify with. Yeah, um, yeah, and I guess they shot this over five days. Um, but yeah, and then I guess originally, so Roger Hill wasn't originally cast to be Cyrus. And I guess the original guy, um, like like two weeks before they were supposed to start shooting, just disappeared. <laughs> um, so I guess he was, yeah, I guess he was not a, a trained actor. He was kind of living the life, I guess. So they have no idea whatever happened to him. But uh, 
I'm, you know, not no disrespect to this guy, but yeah, that Roger Hill dude from Cyrus nailed it. Yeah, yeah, Wor- worked out to our benefit. Yeah, um, you know, and listen, and, and high fivers out there, if you haven't seen this movie, at least, at least, bare minimum, check out this scene. <laughs> you know, like Doc said earlier, this could apply to people of all walks of life at any time in history. And yeah, you nailed it on that one. That's for that's. I mean, yeah. yeah. This this speech is timeless. Um, it's one of the most you know, iconic and obviously most sampled. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. Can you dig it? Can you all, dig it? All you know, most notably by uh, yeah, the Wu Tang Clan. Um, my boys in the Lords of Brooklyn were the first place I heard it, but um, yeah. And then I'm just I'm gonna throw um that clip in here uh, between our our sessions, uh, so people can but definitely go watch it. Um. So, but yeah, just listening to won't do it, uh, you know, don't do it justice. And, um, and I'm not going to try and quote the speech. Uh, but basically, Cyrus is just saying, uh, if we can keep the peace, they got the numbers. Yep. Yep. You know, like how, how many, how many, uh, do we really need to take over? He's like, oh. there's, what do they have? Maybe 20,000 Co- in this, in this town. Yeah. We're we're sixty thousand strong. Yeah. Um yeah, and then he just and he shouts out and it's pretty cool because I mean they they said this, you know, in, in the extras and everything, but people bought in like for real during the yeah. and, and it shows too, like when they show clips of the crowd, I mean, people are enthralled and I was enthralled. You know, yeah, it was it was I I've always been a numbers guy and he and it's just you know, he it starts with can you count? Yeah. Can you count? There are so oh oh back oh there you go okay you're back oh. <laughs> okay um yeah like I said it was I mean yeah they got nine delegates from a hundred gangs and then he breaks down and everything so yeah. Um, yeah, and he's like, yeah, the man can't keep us down. I mean, you know, we're, if we keep, if we stop fighting over 10 square feet of turf. turf yeah. This is like, yeah, the realization that this is all of our turf. It's, it's, it's not as, yeah, it's not the 10 foot that you have. Yeah. So, um, and there's, and there's plenty to go around. And then, uh, and then they cut real quick. We see the cops kind of rolling in slowly. And then all of a sudden we see a gun, but no one's supposed to be packing, Doc. No, it's truce. Truce time. What are they doing? Liars. Yeah. And then they uh, pass along to this crazy looking dude uh, who we talked about earlier, but it's Luther of the Robes. Yes. Another iconic character. Yes. The, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that you, you know, said he was a, a method actor because. Um, uh, why would anybody believe anything this man has to say? <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, Luther basically uh, shoots Cyrus. You know, yeah. hell breaks loose. Yeah, you know, and the cops roll in, and the whole kit and caboodle, and everyone. And like I said, how the hell they shot that? I don't know. And the thing over a couple nights, like how how do you organize that? Um. You know, and I'll I'll kind of drop this bomb on you real quick, Doc. But uh, any chances you think Luther was actually working for the cops, mm. or do you think he's really that much of a psycho? 
I I do think he is that much of a psycho. I think he is a very um, Heath Ledger Joker-esque yeah. character in that he just wants to see the world burn. Um, there is a time uh, later when he says, um, somebody asks him, why do you do it? And he's like, I just enjoy stuff like this. Um, he just wants to see the world burn. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just like, cause the cops rolled in. So I mean, you know, I mean, I could definitely see that the people, they wouldn't want the gang is, you know, teaming up on like that. So no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, like, they also heard Cyrus's speech and probably realized, oh yeah, our numbers are ain't shit. Yeah. This, this isn't, this isn't good. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to shout out, listen, I mean, as the shots like, you know, into the crowd and just, you know, the diversity in the movie in the book um, really did a good job of explaining that, you know, this criminal element, la, da, 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 um, it's not a race thing. It's an economic thing. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. it's um, yeah, it, it's, uh, we are all, we are all good. We are all bad. Uh, but as long as we stick together, things will move forward and, and we will remain in control. Yeah. Yeah, I just love my like sociological studies and shit like that. I'm just a, I'm just a mark for shit like that. So, um, yeah, Doc. So this first session is kind of winding down. Um, I think this might be a good time to take a quick break. So I will, uh, yeah, give me a couple minutes and we'll be right back. High fivers. and an emissary this afternoon to make sure. Now Cyrus don't want anybody packed and he don't want anybody flexing any muscle. So I gave him my word that the warriors would uphold the truce. Now everybody says that Cyrus is the one and only. I think we better go have a look for ourselves.
nothing. We're going in there like everybody else. Nine guys, no weapons. We are back. Um, so, yeah, so basically uh, Luther is just shot. Um, the almighty pride for, for better, you know, better, better words, the prophet Cyrus. Um, and all, as, as you'd expect, all hell breaks loose. So, I mean, you know, everybody's running this way. Everyone's running that way. Um, yeah, and I guess um, no one wanted to do the stunt. Uh, so I guess the head stunt guy is the one that had to take the fall through this. So I thought that was pretty funny. So, uh, but through all this, only one person, which I thought was kind of odd, but it makes the story. I uh, saw so did this, and it was Fox. 
from the Warriors. So, um, you know, obviously the cops swarm in and uh, Klingon's just giving orders. Or not, is it, no, is it Klingon? Is, no, Cleon is not giving orders. That is what's um, interesting about Cleon's character and a little bit. I kind of I didn't talk about it as much um, earlier, but when they're actually doing um, their little intros, you get the least amount from Cleon, actually. Yeah. yeah like, and that's the thing. You really don't know that you have no reason to think Cleon is the leader until a little bit later. Um when they said it was Cleon's decision for Swan to be the uh, war chief, warlord, or whatever. Yeah. Um, let's see, huge. So, yeah. Yeah, and the cops swarm, and then uh, our boy Luther uh, points out, you know, Cleon, he's the one that did it. The Warriors! Warriors! The Warriors! He did it! And then, uh, he charges charges Cleon and gets his ass handed to it. Yeah, yeah. That is the the most uh wrestling everybody jump on the big man beat down. Yeah. Um I thought that I thought that was hilarious. But uh and then the um yeah, and then he knocks and then you know the robes kinda go after him, he knocks a bunch of men, but uh and then we find out the riffs um kind of swarm in and Last you see Cleon, so we don't know what happened. So yeah, we do not know what happens with Cleon. Um, as as much as I love the new leader for the wrist, um, I really feel this was a spot had we ever had our forbidden doors and our most epic crossovers ever um, that we have nowadays. This would have been a good time for Shownuff from the Last Dragon to show up <laughs> <laughs> and take over the wrist. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, as, as we see their meeting place um, in a little bit, it's very dojo-esque. It just, yeah. I think it would have fed very well had we ever had our massive crossovers. This is this is a time where the last dragon and the warriors uh, yeah. crossover. Dude, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, well, now we found out, you know, we find out Swan's new war chief. Um but I do want to mention here that uh, Ajax is the one that busts through the fence. Yes. You know, and if he hadn't busted through there, they would have been toast. No, uh, Ajax is a man of action. I, I, I can't deny that. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, we cut and we got eight warriors hanging on the cemetery. So, yeah. And uh, they don't realize what's going on yet, but we'll kind of we'll get into that here. So, uh, yes, Swan kind of gets everyone's calm down. Uh, he definitely takes to that leadership role pretty easily. Um, Ajax is contrary for no reason. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, you know, Swan's like, can we argue about this later? I think yeah. we've got bigger problems. <laughs> Who made you leader? Yeah. And then uh, they got they got to head home, you know, and everyone's telling it must be 100 miles, you know, it's kind of talking about, you know, not leaving leaving your borough. Well, I, so I – that that's the 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 building of tension uh, in that scene is that at first uh, I I don't remember who said the first but it's like you know we just got we just got to get to Coney Island but all right wait is the truce still on um, they they at least are not I think it's very easy to make your uh, main characters dumb yeah um, to to heighten the tension later but no these guys are smart they go through the scenarios. It's yeah. it's you know we got 
how are we getting how are we getting there? Are we walking? We gotta walk through other turfs. Um, is is the truth still on? If the truth is still on, we gotta fight our way there. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, we gotta get to, you know, Union Station, but Yeah, and on top of that, every cop in the city is looking city, yeah. Like, we have no friends here. Yeah, so um yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna have to bop their way home. So yeah, and then uh, Ajax wants to be war chief. Um, and he's just ignored as Ajax should be. Yeah, and then <laughs> just like he just gets everybody together and he sends Rembrandt, uh, Rembrandt out to scout everything. Um, and I don't know. I mean, their tags were kind of weak. I know it's '79 and tagging wasn't really what it's become, but you know, the big W was you know. <laughs> But taking a cemetery, I was like, oof. Like I said earlier, Rembrandt is a youngin. Um, and and they did tell him that at the beginning. And I believe that is the only time he actually tags anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's in the cemetery. That's right. I forgot about that. So, yep, yep. Yeah, he didn't really do it anywhere else. Nope. Yeah, nope. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Uh, I believe it's Swan who tells him you know, that's when you can realize he's a youngin. It's like, you know, stay close to us. We'll protect you. Just bring your spray paint and, you know, tag puts as we go, but we only see the cemetery. Yep. But uh, then we cut to the aforementioned warehouse that Doc was talking about earlier in, uh, in Gramercy Park. And, uh, man, riffs are lined up and they are organized. They are yeah, not they look, they look badass. Like I said, yeah, it reminds me of the, of the scenes from The Last Dragon, which uh, yeah. enough talking to his crew. Um, yeah, you know, they, they are ready to go to work. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I forgot this. I keep, I didn't get to write down. What was the second, what was the second guy, uh, command guy's name? Did you catch I that? don't think it's ever said. Okay. I'm not, it's just, it's not just me then. So that's good. No, I don't think it's ever said. I, I was looking for it. Yeah. But yeah, he wants to know who the, who are these warriors? Um, and then it was kind of funny. So I was thinking, so like you've got all these, you know, the rogues is a pretty decent name, uh, baseball theories and everything. But Warriors really kind of got the hardest name out of all the gangs. Um, well, also, like you know, I mean, as, as you listen to as you listen to Wu Tang, like Staten Island, Coney Island, like you're not really included in the idea of New York. Uh, so it's actually not that strange. Like you're you're kind of the leftover, so it's not that strange. I can see it being yeah. uh, that that you know somebody from from the main boroughs, the Bronx, especially like the Bronx, which is a, a very big known borough um, throughout history. Yeah, isn't paying attention to some crew from Coney Island. That that was a, a lot of. Uh, the Wu Tang's anger, I guess, in in the early '90s. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Or it's like, yeah, you know, we're from we're from Staten Island. Nobody respects us out here. You know, everybody thinks it's you know the Bronx invented rap. Um, Man, uh, Manhattan, Harlem made it stylish, but nobody cares about us out here on the island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. So, um, yeah. But then the second command, he just he wants all the warriors alive if possible. But if not, <laughs> wasted. Yep. Um, and then, uh, like, yeah, it's the the costumes the game. Basically, it's just a uh, you know Black Panthers meeting samurai vibe. Yeah. Uh, but dude, worked out worked out great. I mean, it's it's a very great look. 
Yeah, without saying anything, you you know these guys are are the badasses. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then he uh, he sends the word. He wants to send the word out, and we find out what that it means later. Um. And I'm kind of a dork for shit like this, but there's a great shot of the guy of him in his sunglasses, and you can kind of see everyone that he's looking at. So I just thought that was kind of a cool shot. So oh I no, yeah, yeah mirrored look. Yep. yep. Um. But then we get our first clip doc of uh, what's going to be basically the narrator of our tale here, the DJ. Yes, yes. Fucking brilliant. I mean, this just, I mean, this little part here and her few lines really kind of took this movie in, like, like legendary status. Like, it's I not- think it encapsulates the vibes that they are definitely trying to portray in this movie. That smooth, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, nighttime feel. Yeah, and just in what a way to just kind of tell the story. It was just, it's genius. I, I mean, I can't talk about it enough, but uh, um, yeah, and I wonder how much of that was in the book, but uh, she wants to let all the know, all the big boppers out there in the big city and street people for an ear for the action. Message from the riffs. Uh, the Warriors, that real live bunch from Coney Island. You know, and then she plays nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Uh, yeah, fucking Lynn Thigpen killed it here. Um, yep. The idea of it, um, just kind of like her telling the story. I loved it. So um, sorry about that talk. I kind of wanted to ramble in there, but. No problem. No problem. Um, yeah. And then we cut and then, uh, you know, the word goes out. So everyone uh, that knows to listen to the station, uh, we cut to a bunch of gangs mobilizing. And obviously the most memorable, um, the Baseball Furies. Mm -hmm. They are suiting up. Um, Yeah, and then then we get the shot of the Warriors. Uh, They're just um, running in the the rain, the one random rain scene. But the reason they shot that scene uh, is because they wanted to be able to wet the streets down because it made the reflections and everything better, so... Mm. Uh, they just threw a random rain scene that people were wondering why the streets were wet later. So <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty cool. So and you can kind of see, like, uh, especially in the scene with the orphans, you know, a lot yes. of, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of cool lighting there and everything. So, um, but yeah. And then uh, our first trek, uh, we see the warriors eyeing the subway platform. Yep. You know? And, uh, you know, everyone just wants to head over there. You know, Ajax, you know nope. Ajax. Swan knows. Yep. Swan knows. Ajax using some colorful language we won't repeat here, but uh, <laughs> you know, so. Um, but yeah, Ajax is Ajax is canceled definitely in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, like Doc said, yeah, except for Swan. Swan's like just seems too quiet. Yeah. Know, keep an eye on it. So, and then uh. He just lets everyone keep talking, and then we see what uh, is a busload of very, very angry uh, Turnbull a- a- um, ACs. Yes, sir. These were the nastiest looking motherfuckers. Straight out of Mad Max. Yeah, straight out of Mad Max. So, um, and I, I was going to look up. I don't even know what a Turnbull AC is, but yeah, no idea. Um, uh, what is your favorite gang, Tom? <sighs> You know, I think it has to be the Turnbulls, to be honest with you. Turnbulls? Okay. Um, yeah, just, I mean, like I said, they were memorable, just intense. Um, it would have been cool to see if they could actually do some battling. 
Um, but yeah, at least I, I love the Mad Max vibe of it. Just the, the random angry, you know, right. yeah. how about you? Um, I, well, uh, I must say I do enjoy the electric eliminators gold jackets because of, uh, <laughs> a certain wrestling promotion. I, I like to have theirs. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely enjoy the riffs. I definitely enjoy the riffs. You can't, man. They're just, uh, they're definitely the most organized, and uh, it's fucking heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, and we'll see at the end of the movie. But um, then the you know, and then uh, the warriors they see their train and uh, they're gonna make a break for it. And uh, yeah, but those turnbulls are right on their ass in that bus. No, yeah, they they think they got them. Um, turn the the classic. Oh, drove by, didn't see ya. Oh, we can make it. Nope, turn right back around. Um. And they just miss them, which, you know, I'm not sure how they didn't just, you know, you know it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, then they all go jump in the turnstile, which I guess is actually a big deal. Uh, yeah. Turnstile hopping is not something you want to do. So and No, they, not at all. Not at all. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> and they, uh, they, they just make the train. And uh, Warriors are stoked. Everyone thinks they're in the clear. Mm-hmm. Once again, Swan. He's like we're not we're not home until we're home. Yep, yep. Until we see that ocean. Yep, and then uh, and we see uh, Rembrandt here, and listen, another bit of genius. Uh, just kind of using that subway map for people, you know, that aren't kind of aware geographically how this all works. Um, that was awesome. Yep. You know, so and we'll uh, we'll see their progress throughout the movie. Um, yeah. Then we cut to um, Doc's boys, the riffs. Yep. Yep. Yep, and they get the word uh the turnballs missed. And they the did miss away. What are we gonna do? Yeah. What mm-hmm. are we gonna do? And we cut to a bunch of fire trucks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a fire for some odd reason. Ironic how that happened. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the train stopped and uh maybe that fire didn't happen by accident. Um, you know, and listen, like we talked about earlier, at this point the warriors don't know they're being hunted. Nope, they don't know they're being. They have no idea what the status is. Like they, no, they, 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 they got to go through, you know, through enemy turf. They know they got to avoid the cops, but they don't know people are actively looking for them. Which is why I do enjoy Swan as a leader. Um, like I said in that earlier scene, and, and in the scene like not too long ago, like we're not safe until we're home, until we see the ocean. Um, yeah. He's not taking any chances. It's like we don't know. It, Cyrus, Cyrus died. There weren't supposed to be guns there. Anything could happen. Let's yeah. get home safe. Yeah. And then uh, we cut our boy Luther. Um, he's calling someone and he tells him that uh, Cyrus had an accident. Now mm. uh, he finds out the wrists are looking for the warriors. Um, yeah, like we talked about, so you have the method acting of, of you know DBK, as we like to call him. David Patrick Kelly was just Awesome. Quick scene, but yeah, I mean, you get the point. Like, guy's a fucking psychopath. So. Yeah, psychopath. Gotta be on something. Um, just yeah. enjoying his life of destruction a little bit too much. Yeah. And like you said, he just likes to watch the world burn. So, um, and then we run into the Warriors' next test. They run into the orphans. The orphans. Um, some local, you know, so they're in, uh, can't remember who said it, but they're so low class, they ain't even on the map. Nope, yep. And and this is actually, you know, the when Cyrus is talking about the cruise, 
Um, this is definitely yeah. one of the crews he was referencing when he talked about the numbers and the, these unregistered crews, the guys who are just down to fight or, or should be down to fight, but as we'll see, the worst female in the movie, the only female in the movie, yeah, uh, kind of ruins their situation. Um, yeah, and then Fox going, uh, you know, they're going to be diplomats in, uh, you know, they're explaining they're at the conclave, you know, basically the meeting. So I don't know why they call it a conclave, but whatever. Uh, and they're just heading home. And uh, orphans are pissed. They weren't invited. Nope. Oh, and they definitely kind of get like that, that chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Well, it's heard of the orphans. We do stuff. And they got some article, you know, they even write about us in the papers. <laughs> yep. You know, so Mr. Uh, cracked out David Schwimmer looking guy. Um, but uh, David Greco. Has he done other stuff too? He has done other stuff. He has done some interesting things, I actually believe. Um, the Cable Guy and Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yep. That is hilarious. Um, yeah, and I know the second in command, I had a friend of mine actually had that guy on his show. Um, had some really interesting stories. I, I didn't get a chance to re-listen to that, but uh, yeah, this this cast is super interesting into the movies that they went on to do. Yeah, you know, and it was cool. I mean, because most of them didn't realize. I mean, obviously, when you're making a movie like this, you don't think you're making a fucking classic. Nope. You know, you know, a lot of them just treated it like another gig. And some people, I mean, a lot. Some people, like I know Swan's character, James Beck, um, Raymer. And uh, I know David Patrick Kelly kind of definitely knew, but like Lynn Thickman, she's like, I, oh, great. It's my fucking lips. What do I care yeah. about the fucking movie? But um, obviously it stood the test of time. So um, as we are talking about it, 40, you know, sitting here, me and you talking about it over a computer 43 years later. So <laughs> um, yeah, they're just heading home. And then Fox says, oh yeah, our youth worker talks about the orphans all the time. Man. And you're like, we ain't got no youth workers. Oh, you must be so bad. You know, so they're trying to placate them, you know, kind of, you know, stroke their ego a little bit. Um, they can, and, and uh, they can pass if they come in peace. Um, but all of a sudden, this loud mouth comes from uh, from outside. And uh, yes. Mercy makes her presence known. Um, and uh, she starts mouthing off and, uh, you know, the truth, they can pass, but... Uh, and she's like, yeah, you can, they're uh, basically um, David. Yeah, take off your colors. Yeah, I take your colors off. And that's where uh, we ran into a little bit of a sticking problem here, Doc. Yep, yep. You got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. And uh, and then Swan's like, well, you can't do you know, you can't do that. And he actually it's like, well, fuck you. And then, uh, yeah, and then they kind of huddle back and then they're like, let's just walk through this lame, these lame fucks territories. And they just walk through. Yep. Or at least they thought they were going to just walk through. Um, you know, and Mercy starts following, you know, Ajax grabs her and, uh, you know, he wants some real action, some more awkward words. Uh, yeah, but all of a sudden the orphans yeah. go off. Too much of that Ajax influence. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here we go, Ajax, you're trying to get home. You can catch your witch get laid until you get home. But, um, but yeah, but it's time to bop. But then uh, they light a random Molotov cocktail that they just had with them randomly. Yeah. Uh, why didn't you use that earlier? Yeah. I was, At any other time? Um, I'm not sure why they ran, but I mean, it came in handy. Um, 
Yeah, and then they start the car on fire, and then uh, they run to the station. Um, yeah, and then basically Ajax calls everyone a bunch of wimps. Yep, that's the thing. Bunch of wimps, bunch of pussies. Yep. Bunch of other unspeakable words. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we get another pork from the wrist. Uh, this time a small, the small town or small time orphans drop the ball. Uh, and then uh, Miss Lickpin, the DJ comes in saying, one of the minor league teams messed up. We got to do better out there, poppers. Um, yeah, next we get Luther. Uh, he gets a report that the orphans fucked up and they're going to head to the 96th Street Station. Um, you know, and then uh, the second in command, like we talked about earlier, says, you know, ask, why is, why is Luther so happy? He says, because I'm having a good time. Yep. What a fucking psycho. Yes, wants to see the world burn. Yep. And <laughs> Perfect way to put it. So, um, and then uh, the Warriors at are at the 96th Street station, uh, waiting for the train um, to move. Or actually, they're in the train, and then uh, the cops show up. Yep. No. Yep. Um, uh, Swan and Mercy are doing their weird flirtatious dance, and one yeah. cop runs in, and it is the most awkward bat throw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he really nailed that guy, too. I guess he fucked him up a little bit, so. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, everybody bolts. Um, like you said, yeah, Fox grabs Mercy, and they, uh, they separate. Um, it was a little tough to see the geography here. Um, I kind of lost things a little bit. I think it, it lends well to what running around a train station is, because it is confusing. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been lost in more train stations than I think I can count, so. Um but yeah, but yeah, Fox said, you know, he had grabbed Mercy or Mercy and they run off and they were tussling. And um, yeah, and then uh oh the yeah, the cop shows up and then uh they're they're fighting and Fox gets thrown into the train. Yes. <laughs> Fox, which uh in a little bit, uh when Mercy says Fox got grabbed. Yep. Fox got grabbed. Yeah. Fox is dead. Yeah, he he gone. Um, I mean, she ran, so she might not have known. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it was uh, probably the most gruesome kill, you know, of the of the whole movie, obviously. Um, but did you kind of hear the backstory why they did that to Fox? Mm-mm. So basically, the, the director Walter Hill and Fox, I think his name was Tom Waits or something like that. I don't think the the, the songwriter hated each other, and he just got sick of me wanting to write him off. Oh, very interesting, because Fox has done, like, five movies, and I think this was his last one. Um, Yeah, so that was, yeah, they they had beef. And if you notice, after that, they don't mention him at all. No, yeah, it's just what happened to Fox. He got grabbed. And that was it. I mean, you know, later they talked about, well, I mean, we'll get to that, but other Warriors were mentioned what happened. But, yeah, that's the last you hear him for the rest of the movie, so... Um, interesting, but that movie just soured him on acting, and he never did anything else. Yeah, and I think, and really, like, and I went back and watched it. So the last scene with the actor was in the train, and all the all the other spots where he was running with Mercy and everything, he's a stunt double. I thought it was a weird cut when he gets thrown into the train. Yep. So, um, yeah, but yeah, they're they're gone. So, um. Yeah, and it's actually a funny thing. The same stunt guy that did Cyrus' shooting was the one that did that one too. So, <laughs> all right. So wigs, MVP. And, yeah, wigs and makeup will do a lot. So, 
Um, but now everyone's split up. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, we see Cochise, Rembrandt, and Vermin, uh, and they find the aforementioned Lizzie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're poison. Yeah, and they're looking for some action. Never trust a big button to smile, fellas. Yep. And then Swan and Ajax run into the. Um, I can't remember. Was it? I think it was Snow. I think. Yep, Snow. Um, they run into the Baseball Furies, uh, the legendary Baseball Furies, because this is like the game that everyone like talks about from the movie. So, um, yeah, and this is funny. So this is the station that Faith and I were at like two weeks ago. So yeah, we're like, wow, we were literally sitting on that corner just not that long ago. And it still looks the same. So yeah, yeah, but the four make a run for it. And um, I love the music here. This is one of the spots where the music really really picks up. Yeah, um, really kind of showed the urgency and the epicness of the chase through Central Park. Um, and man, I mean, like we talked about earlier, Doctor, these motherfuckers were running. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were definitely getting their workout in. So that, that was the thing. you can tell a lot of it um, is that real sweat and not that uh, half water, half baby oil spray on that. Yeah. That gets used a lot. Yeah, these guys are fucking drenched. I can't imagine how many times they have to do some of these scenes. So, um, yeah, they've done enough sprinting. Like I got my notes here. <laughs> they've done enough, enough sprinting that they, uh, they're pretty much running a marathon, which I guess they actually do. I guess, um, like, I don't know if they've done it again, but in 2019, they had a Warriors marathon from, uh, you basically run the path from the mm. to Coney Island. So, um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, finally Swan splits off and kind of doubles back and gets behind the Furies, um, beats one of them up, gets a bat, and then uh, Ajax is tired, mm-hmm. and him and Snow is like, hey, you know, I'm, we're, uh, I'm done running, you know, so, and he's good and tired. He's like, good, it's time to fight, and this is the classic yep. time where he's like, I'm gonna shove that bat up your ass and make that- a popsicle. Yep, <laughs> it wasn't in the script, completely Im- improvised. So, um. Love it. And then uh, lots of samurai action here. Um, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, the action was a little little campy here. Uh, the action is a little campy. It is a lot of uh, repeated strikes and repeated blocks. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of people waiting for their, for their spots and everything. Um, but um, listening to Walter Hill, he said a lot of that was actually done on purpose. Um, because he didn't want this movie to become because it's a, a gang movie, he didn't want it to be about the violence. So he made the violent what little violence was in the movie can't be like this almost on purpose. Mm. I don't know if he just said that because it was shot not very good, but I'll go with it. Sounds good to me. Well, I mean, they're all young idiots. We're not expectually expecting them to be like boxing legends and martial arts masters. So it it, it makes sense in in one area. Yeah. Um yeah, but basically, uh, the Warriors dominate the Baseball Furies, and uh, yeah, and they go into obscurity, and now uh, they just got their asses kicked. But uh, yeah, and then we cut to Miss DJ Miss Lynn Thigpen, and says the Baseball Furies dropped the ball, made an error. Now they're on their way past second, but the odds are against them, so they're halfway home. Yeah, but uh, then we cut to Coachies Vermin, uh, Vermin, and, and Rembrandt. Uh, they do make it to the um, Union Square, and um, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, we've got the Lizzie's that are there waiting for them. Lizzie's are waiting for them. Um, 
And it was funny, like, I mean, you would think if everyone knows her from Coney Island, like, the, the route home is probably relatively predictable. Uh, yeah. So good on the Lizzie's for thinking ahead. You know. That's what I said. The Lizzie's were the most prepared. They had a plan. They they scouted. They knew where they were going to be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then Vermin and uh, Coach Chief's like, well, we got some time. Might as well have a little fun. You know, we got 20 minutes to kill, so. Uh, then we cut to the four. Uh, the, we got um, we cut to Swan and Ajax and Snow and Cowboy. That's what it was. Yep. Um, and the late in a random lady in Central Park by herself at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. <laughs> now, Ajax, I know you're not thinking with the right head. But that's got entrapment written all <laughs> over it. Yes, it, nothing is natural about that situation. <laughs> um, but, you know, like we said, Ajax, unfortunately, I mean, oh, I should say unfortunately, but yeah, you know, he's just thinking with the wrong head. Um, but yeah, and, uh, you know, what could go wrong? But uh, Ajax <laughs> decides he wants to go back. He wants to introduce himself to her, um, you know, and it, it's going relatively well. You know, um, you know, in, in a court of law, this would have been this is entrapment central. I mean, yeah, not often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would not work today. Um, um, but, but Ajax is still an idiot. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, but yeah, he wants to get some exercise. Uh, Swan wants to keep going, and um, yeah, Cowboy and Snow are like, well, just just keep. And they try pleading with Ajax. Yep. No, but now, nah, yeah, he's like, no, nah, man, I'm gonna go. Uh, so they all they all kind of split up, and he goes say hi to the lady, and um, you know, she tells him he's got big muscles and all that, and all of a sudden he gets super aggressive, which was you know a bit uncomfortable. It, uh, it would look like he had never touched a person. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like talk about yeah, not taking your time here, pal. Um, but turns out she's an undercover cop. Ooh, I never would have guessed. <laughs> never would have guessed. No. Nope. Um, but yeah, but uh, then AJ, you know, so they tussled up and uh, she handcuffs him to the bench. Um, but hey, to Ajax, his, his credit, man, he goes down swinging. Yes, he does. He does. He, he keeps fighting. He keeps fighting. Um, yeah, he takes a licking. And then uh, I just love he's like, yeah, he calls the cops a bunch of fucking wimps. Even yep. though he's handcuffed to this huge bench. Um, <laughs> he drags it a couple feet. <laughs> yeah. And I guess what had happened in his, um, not tryout, his audition. He, uh, I guess, so he was reading for this part. And, he, like, I mean, the parts for, like, a, he said, like, a nine-foot dude, but he's only, like, 5'10". So, I guess he grabbed, like, this big conference table and was, like, dragging it, like, in the audition. <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, it's it. You nailed it. I mean, it's so, <laughs> Once again, he was all he was all about it. So, um, yeah. And then Snow and Cobalt, or you know, or um, Cobalt, or no, I think Snow was like, "Man, you saved my ass back there. I should. We should really go get him." So, yeah, we go back just in time to see him get busted. Yep. You know, but Ajax, you know, he does get a, a goodbye, unlike Fox, who was just never talking about again. Again, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm assuming, I mean, like I said, they don't say she was a cop, but I'm assuming she was a cop, obviously, so. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, and I thought it was kind of funny though. I mean, she was blowing that whistle for a while. I mean, like, what were they? What were they doing? Mm. You know, no so plus, I mean, I mean, she could I, obviously she could handle herself, but no, yeah. I was like, God damn! So I'm glad she's okay. So, um, yeah, and then we see Swan uh, walking by himself quietly. You know, everyone's kind of split up, and then uh, Mercy just comes out of nowhere. Yep, this is where we get to the. Uh, uh, Walk, uh, Willie Walker scene. Yep. Um, but all of a sudden she's got a jacket on. She didn't have a jacket on before. Um, you know, and then uh, he's like, well, what's with the jacket? She's like, well, I stole it from somebody. You know, the cops are looking for somebody with a pink top. Um, but you know the real reason why she's wearing that jacket? She broke her wrist. So they had to put a jacket on to hide her, yeah, hide her wrist. Oh. I don't think she did it during filming. Um, but yeah, she had a broken wrist, so but that was kind of funny. So and, and it worked perfectly. I mean, it made sense. Yeah, I mean, great. You know, um, and then yeah, Mercy's like, yeah, I know you're lost, and Mercy's gonna show him the where to catch a train. And uh, this is where we get a lot more turnstile jumpers here. Because I <laughs> yeah, yep. so um, them all, lock them all up. This is why the cops are looking for you, not not because of the shooting. Did you keep yep. jumping turnstiles? Yep. <laughs> and uh they go down and wait for the cop and this is where a cop spots them um yeah and this is where like we talked about earlier you know swan throws that bat at him Oof, caught him right in the kneecap that yep. looks fun um yeah and then they run down the random tunnel yep so i mean I, I guess if you got nowhere else to go so they did the thing you're not supposed to do yeah so uh and then we cook um we go to Cochise, uh, Rembrandt, and Vermin. Uh, they're back at the Lizzie's Lair, I guess we'll just call it for now. Um, you know, once again, they're still not – they don't know they're on. They're being hunted. Nope, they don't know. You know, um, they just think they're there to have a good time. So, uh, but the Lizzie's do what, you know, what they do best. They inflate everyone's ego, you know, and it's time to party. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you can't pass that up, so. Oh, I forgot to mention one of them um, – which one was? Oh, Vermin mentions like we're all the guys. Like, oh, and then they're like, oh, they're at that big, uh, that big meeting, blah 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 blah. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was my my other thing. It, it's they they tell you the gang name, they drop the meeting, and you guys are still not a little bit suspicious, except for the homie Rembrandt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I was going to mention a yeah, Rembrandt. I mean, um, Coach East and uh, Vermin, they're they're having a good time. You know, they're, they're getting their Mac on a little bit. Rembrandt is kind of, I mean, yeah, he's young and he's shy, but he kind of realizes. the situation. He wants to get home. Yeah. He's like, we can do this when we get home. But, uh, I mean, if he had, he, sa- he saved their asses, you know. Um, yeah, and basically, Liz tell him, yeah, you can have the pick of whoever you want. Um, you know, and like we talked about earlier, this is the late 70s. They don't have girl games. So it's kind of cool that they threw this in here. No, yeah, yeah, and and represented them so strong, actually. Yeah, that, that is also a, a very just universal, not done thing at that time. Yeah, um, yeah, not only drill game, but yeah, I mean, I'm some bad, I mean, there's some badasses in this. Part. Yeah, yeah, they had the guns, they had the knives, they had they had all the weapons. They were ready to take out the warriors. Yeah, they can't shoot for shit, but <laughs> no, no, regular stormtroopers, but yeah, um, they came prepared. You know, and uh, Coach, uh, Coach East and Berman kind of settle in. And like you said, Rembrandt's kind of leery holding back. And then uh, we cut to Mercy and Swan. 
and they are venturing down the tunnel. And uh, Mercy's tired, and Swan makes a bunch of off-color jokes, um, like, why don't you just tie a mattress to your back? Yeah. And then she explains that, you know, she wants something now. You know, she sees all the women in her neighborhood with the bellies over their stomachs or their bellies over their belts, five kids, cockroaches, and they're just like, no, nah, man, I want something better. I want something now. You know, so it gives her some humanity, not just some, you know, tramp walking around the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there, there isn't uh, a plan, at least. Yeah. And then uh, they start making out randomly uh, right as the train goes by. Um, so I guess they, I mean, they had to time that pretty perfectly. So that was all time, you know, I guess they had people on walkie-talkies like, okay, start kissing now and everything. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they only had one shot and they nailed it. So, you know, and then uh, they do their little makeout session and then uh, Swan kicks her to the curb. Yep. Stay so, focused later. Yeah. Um, all right, Doc, we only got a couple seconds left on this meeting, but uh, yeah, why don't we take a quick break here? All right. Sounds good. All right, dude, I'll see you in about two minutes. Yep, yep. Can you count, suckers? I say the future is ours. If you can count. Now look what we have here before us. We've got the Saracens sitting next to the Jones Street Boys. We've got the Moon Runners right by the Van Cortland Rangers. Nobody is wasting nobody. That is a miracle. And miracles is the way things ought to be. You're standing right now with nine delegates from a hundred gangs. And there's over a hundred more. That's 20,000 hardcore members. 40,000 counting affiliates and 20,000 more not organized but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
against one another. We have been unable to see the truth because we have been fighting for 10 square feet of ground. Our turf, our little piece of turf. That's crap, brothers. The turf is ours by right because it's our turn. All we have to do is keep up the general truce. We take over one borough at a time. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Fivers, we are back from our fuck you Zoom break, and uh, Doc, our protagonists here, um, well, at least three of them are still in the Lizzie's lair. They are still in the Lizzie's lair. Time, um, you know, except Rembrandt, and all of a sudden, Rembrandt looks over, and one of the girls locks the door. Yep. Shit gets real. Cochise gets oh. knife in his face. Always have an exit strategy. Yep. And then um, one of the girls screams at Rembrandt, you're the guys who shot Cyrus. Um, you know, girls are pretty badass. Not the best shots, unfortunately. Well, actually, fortunately for the Warriors. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I mean, they, they take a whooping. Uh, they give a whooping. Uh, you know, that one girl in that chair shot was awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, yeah, then the Warriors fly through the door and run off, and uh, I was just kind of chuckled. I'm not sure why the Lizzie's didn't chase after him, but uh, uh, mm, yeah, <laughs> but you suspend disbelief, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but like you said, of, of all the gangs, they were the most prepared, they thought the most, yeah, you know, let's just cut these guys off. We know they have to go take this train home, so um, yeah, they run in, uh. Then Rembrandt lets them know that uh, they think we shot Cyrus. And then the other two were like, oh, shit. Now now they know the shit that they're in. Yeah. and They have the critical information. Yeah. And like I said, you know, another brilliance to this movie. um, Yeah, 70 minutes in, and then the guys being hunted don't know they're being hunted. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Next we get Swan. 
Um, he's at Union Square after he's kicked uh, Mercy to the to the curb, uh, hanging out slowly. Um, and then he's being followed by some dudes on roller skates. Yes, sir. Roller skates always the most intimidating footwear you can possibly have. Um, you know, and these guys are great skaters. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, whatever. Um, and do you remember what was the name of these guys? Was it the wasn't the was it the punks? I don't think no, I don't think so. I can't remember their names. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Snow and Cowboy meet up um, with Vermin, Cochise, and uh, Rembrandt, and uh, this is where they mention Ajax. You know, and Ajax actually does get a little bit of a eulogy. Say, "Hey, got got by the cops." Yeah, uh, I bet he went down fighting. I yeah. bet he went down swinging. I think of that in the line. Yeah, and then I'll give them their quick moment. Uh, but yeah, and then Mercy finds Swan, and then she lets him know, hey, man, the guy in the skates, they're scoping you out. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> I know. And this that, is the worst. I, I hate the, the skate gang so much. It is the most, like, Saturday morning bad cartoon attempt for villains. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I can't argue. They're a weak link in the movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah, then the gang shows up, and then uh, I, you know, I run, you know, just in time, um, and then Swan motions towards uh, the skate dudes, and uh, they motions to the bathroom, so they all go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> I love this line. Mercy's like, I can't go in there. I'm like, really? You don't? You yeah. care about that now? And then yeah. uh, I think Verma comes out. I was like, really? And pulls her into the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> Fucking loved it. Yeah, Vermin's um, keeping it real. Yeah. But uh, this was actually the only set on the, in the whole movie. Um, they couldn't find a bathroom that would work logistically for the scene. So this is the one, the only one they had to create. Um, mm. Everything else was on scene. So, um, yeah, the Warriors play possum. They're all kind of hanging out in the stalls. And then uh, the skate dudes pick up the one that Rembrandt. And uh, that spray paint comes super handy. <laughs> you know, yep. sprays the guys in the face and fights on. Um, Good thing he wasn't tagging everything like he was supposed to be doing. Well, he, had, he, had, he had spray paint left, so, um, <laughs> you know, it's on like Donkey Kong. And, and honestly, um, this is a fun fight scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this scene. Was like, we got our boys back together after a long, after what felt like a long time. Right. Um, great motion, great use of slow motion in here. Um some great, you know, kills and punches and everything. Just why fucking roller skates? <laughs> Probably because, like, because I mean, really interesting terms. Like, this is they get jobbed out, but they get jobbed out at the appropriate time. Like, like, like I said, our, our boys were separated for a while. They yeah. went through some dangerous moments. We did lose Ajax for better or worse. So, like, this is their time to be on top. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, I really, I did really enjoy this fight scene. So it was a lot of fun. So, uh, then we go back to your boys, Doc. Yep. Chris, you know, and they're, uh, it looks like the, so I think the, I think the state guys were called the punks, but I think they mentioned it here, but I could be wrong. Uh, but they failed and, uh, they got someone here, uh, to tell them who shot Cyrus. Yep. Now they're going to figure out who shot Cyrus. Eh. But, you know. Innocent to, or guilty till proven innocent. So, yep. 
Um, I mean, we we did believe the crackhead. So yeah, yeah, the, the random guy with the wild hair and hair just screaming. It was it was boys. Yeah, that's been doing meth for breakfast for three weeks. But yeah, <laughs> let's let's believe that guy. But um, yeah, the Warriors are on the train. Uh, they're heading back to Coney Island. Uh, feeling all existential, you know, la da da da. And you know, they're you know, they're talking. I was Cyrus is right. It's all out there, you know, all yeah. taken. We just got to figure out what's worth stealing. Um, and then we kind of go to one of my favorite, my personal, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, when you really kind of break it down, when the prom couples show up. Yeah. Um, so we got Swan and Mercy, um, kind of hanging out in the train. They're they're not together, but they are. Um, and then four, uh, we'll just say yuppies, you know, four guys look like or uh, two guys and two girls. It, it, I mean, really, in the sense of of this movie and like the message it's it's portraying, it's just four much better off people. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's. I mean, yeah, it's you know, um, that, <laughs> that's the dichotomy that they're really trying to push there. Um, yeah, not a word said, you know, in this whole scene. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, the prom people can't look them in the eyes. They're kind of embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're just kind of marveling at how dirty they are. I'm like, how do you be so dirty in public? But what really, really, really I love about this scene is uh, Mercy starts to play with her hair. And Swan just grabs his arm and is like, don't give these motherfuckers satisfaction. Yeah. You know, she's just kind of like nervous. ticks like, you ain't got, he's basically telling you, you ain't got shit to prove to any of these fucking assholes. So, yeah. Loved it. Without saying a word. Um, yeah, and then our uh, primers just do their little thing and they, they jump off the train, but leave them okay. Um, and then we cut to Coney Island, they made it, Doc. They made it home, we can see the ocean. Yeah, they made it home safe. Um, uh, you know, swing, uh, Swan grabs the, the bouquet and I uh, gives it to Mercy like it's her boyfriend's like, Oh, you're so sweet, here's your bouquet and everything. So, after he was unnecessarily an asshole to her most of the movie, yeah. <laughs> Real prick. I mean, not even part prick, but uh, you know. But uh, and then Swan kind of realizes he just kind of you know great moving lines like we fought all night to get back to this. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he realizes like yeah maybe I'm maybe I'm just gonna take off. You know maybe Coney Island's not all it's cracked up to be. So, um, yeah. And then Mercy like yeah I like to travel. You where have you been? <laughs> I, I, I ain't never been nowhere. I just know I like to travel. <laughs> so, um, and the warriors start walking, and we see a familiar vehicle, Doc. Yep, yep. It looks like a, a spray-painted uh, Ghostbusters mobile, basically. So, um, it's tough to miss. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, the warriors duck under the boardwalk, and um, I love how they start loading up on weapons. You know, they yep. start ripping shit off the wall. <laughs> Yeah. Like they have a lot more time than it seems that that car is far away. Yeah, to get ready, but yeah. it's whatever. They they fought all night. What's one more? Yeah. So, um, and this is uh, this is the other classic part of the movie. So, um, as the as the rogue vehicle shows up, uh, kind of parks across the street, and this is where we get the. Warriors come out to play. Come out to play. I mean, I'm not going to lie. At, at parties for like 10 years after this, I definitely did that. As <laughs> Bottles of my, you know. Um, yeah, and once again, another line totally kind of improvised by David Patrick Kelly. 
Um, you know, I guess someone in the neighborhood kind of did something similar. So you just, uh, you can't, and I mean, without those bottles, that scene doesn't resonate. No. Yeah. Yeah. You need the bottles. And you need no. that clang. You need the awkward. Why does he have three bottles? Yeah. Um, just, just random and, and kudos to, to Walter Hill and the guys for letting it happen, you know? Um, and then Swan lets everyone know he's, uh, he's going to lead these, oh, he doesn't say motherfuckers, but he's going to lead everyone out to the sand and, uh, we're going to get our final showdown on the beach. Yep. You know, Very they, late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, they, uh, like I said, they, like you said earlier, they thought once they see the ocean, they're, they're free, but. They're wrong. Uh, yeah. And yeah. It, uh, that's good because Swan was the most prepared, but he was like, you know, we're not home to our home. But even when they got home, they still weren't safe. Yep. Um, yeah, Warriors are uh, are outnumbered, but it's not the first time because they've been pretty much outnumbered in every fight. But, uh, you know, and like we talked about, yeah, Swan says, we figure we see the ocean, we're safe, we're home. Um, and then he asked Luther, why? Why did you do this? He's like, no reason. Yeah. You know, um, I just like doing things like that. So, dude, I mean, David Patrick Kelly, I mean, should have got an Oscar for this. It, no, yeah. It actually, this is probably a good point to talk about. Uh, you know, as a, a wrestler, you know, you always want to tell stories in your matches. And I think a lot of times we overcomplicate things. This is a very simple story that people love till this day. And that, yeah, I keep saying we're talking about 43 years. 43 years later. Yeah. It's a story of some friends trying to get home. Yeah. Our villain is evil because he enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more than that. Yeah. I am bad because I like to be bad. And it, it resonates so much. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, I mean, I mean, well, yeah, we'll get into it, but, um, um, yeah. And then Swans and then, you know, and then Swans like, well, Hey, me and you, let's do this one on one. He's like, "You must be crazy," and he pulls out the gun. Yeah, like yeah. he, he they, they, and I, I don't know if we if we've said it, but there are six warriors left, and he does have a six shooter. He, yeah. So, but he's already used one bullet. Like I like to assume he reloaded. <laughs> I like to assume he. Reloaded. I don't know, man. It's Luther. I'm not really sure, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he pulls a gun, but he gets a switchblade in his arm for uh, for his trouble. Yeah, because Swan is the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. So, I just, uh, I wish, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to pick nits here, but I just wish they would have shot that better because, I mean, it looks like he just pretty much shot right at him. Yeah, it's really weird, but, I mean, it's 1978. Yeah. Probably know. the best they can do. They they don't have the Star Wars budget of the of that. Right. You know, I just wish they would have, I mean, I, I'm picking nits here. I wish they would have cut a little differently, but, uh, you know, but I mean, yeah, Luther, you think the guy would have been, you know, had a leg cut off or something. I mean, obviously, yeah. stabbed in the arm never feels good. Um, I don't care how tough you are, uh, but I mean, his overreaction was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And I just love how Swan just grabs the knife out of his arm and then cleans it in his hair. <laughs> an asshole move. <laughs> Fucking loved it. Um, I mean, when you think about it, like they, like I said, they fought all night. This yeah. is a guy that actually killed Cyrus, and what has he been doing? We're just driving around 
with his boys yelling, making a bunch of noise, probably just destroying whatever he can come across. Yeah. And like nobody's standing up to him. And this is probably the first bit of damage he's taken. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they robbed that one nice lady at the newsstand, you know, so. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden we get, uh, we cut wide and uh, Doc, there are a whole lot of riffs. They are armed with so many hockey sticks. Yeah. Um, machetes, hockey sticks. sticks um, yeah, it's, it's, like, yeah, just straight sticks. It, it's a lot of different weapons here to do damage. Yeah. And like I said, they are rolling. Th- there are a lot of these motherfuckers. I was like, wow. Um, yeah. And then uh, Swan asked, you know, he asked uh, the leader man who can't remember his name. He's like, you still looking for us? He's like, we found who we're looking for. Um, and then Luther's like, it was, it was glorious. It was glorious. <laughs> oh, my God. He is so good. Uh, just epic. Um, yeah. And he tells like, yeah, you guys are good. Real good. And Swan's super humble. He's like, yeah, we're the best. And then uh, they walk off. And then... Um, yeah, and that's it. And then uh, the DJ comes on, and she tells, uh, you know, the previous reports were wrong. All wrong. You know, sorry about that, but all we can do is play you a song. And then, uh, yeah, Joel Walsh is in the city, comes on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the movie. You know, um, a couple of production things here. I guess uh, I guess it was um, the continuity with the, with the waves and the sun was tough to shoot this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And with my edition, so I had the comic book edition of the DVD I got, um, but I guess they walked forever and they just let them walk and didn't tell them. <laughs> and just wherever we find the shot is where we find the shot. Yeah. And then I guess Walter Hill was over doing it and they gave him a bunch of flowers. So that was a nice touch. So, okay. um, yeah, I, uh, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, this, this movie, I mean, when I say it gets better with age, when you watch it with like a more mature eye, and you kind of realize what they went through to make this fucking movie, you definitely get an appreciation. I mean, obviously, I mean, you're a do-it-yourself guy, obviously. You're self-made, you know, independent wrestler. You know, so you, I mean, these guys were on yeah. a stream budget, you know, fucking doing a guerrilla style, you know, and it came out fucking amazing. No, and it, and it, like I said, it's it's a, a simple story. Um, me, me and my girl are very big. Um, action movie fans and we end up nowadays watching a lot of foreign um, action films nice. because just time wise they are kind of like at this point of American action films they they are at like the the late 70s early 80s where you get those simple stories of just we gotta get here like uh, The Raid is one of my one of my favorite current action movies and it's the bad guys at the top of a building we need to get to the top of the building. Why is the bad guy bad? Because I can be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I have the means to be bad. I will be bad. It, it's very simple to the point, and it's great. And yeah. It, like, yeah, no, even I, I think this movie stands up no problem. Yeah. Um, for, yeah, for sure. I just, I mean, um, so, I mean, for what they did, and obviously it's influential. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cult classic. Um, it did okay in the box office for even being for kind of swept under the rug, but I mean, um, it's had how many different resurgences, you know? So yeah, 
Yeah, no, it, it seems to relaunch every, you know, decade or so. Yeah, when a new generation finds out about it. So, um, uh, a couple quick questions for you. I, I kind of came up while I was watching this, but uh, what do you ever think happened to the Warriors after this? I mean, as a gang and as, as like, individuals. So, that is my biggest thing. So, when I found out this was a book, I felt like this was such a, uh, like, if, if we're going to talk about relaunching this in, in 2022, I think we get the side stories on on all that. Like, I, I'm a sucker for when I like something. Give me all the lore. Give me all the lore. I want to know about every everybody. Yeah. Like, I would love, you know, yeah, to hear about what happened to the Warriors after that. I mean, I think I think they split up. I, I at least think those nine or eight are, are, yeah. are done, um, however big the gang was. But, like, I would love to hear a story of, like, Cyrus's rise to power. Yeah. The Furies are epic. I would love a story about the Furies. Like, if they were to re-release, like, anything, like, Warriors content right now, I, I like, that has such a potential for such a grand universe. I, I yeah. don't think it would – I think it would be smarter to not touch the Warriors themselves and focus on the world that you had kind of built. Yeah, and there's so many characters that we know nothing about. Yeah, yeah, but, like, they're very – I mean, even, like, because like I said, Cleon, Cleon's the leader of the Warriors, but he's done in like what maybe the first twenty minutes at most. Yeah. Um. So like, I'd love to hear more about Cleon. He was the leader, and we got the least amount of him. So I, 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 I'm very interested to, to know what happened to the Warriors after. I like to think that those eight were just like that night was enough. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, how do you top that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would like to think that, but I would really love for like any type of story that's just not a retelling or or, or a repurpose of the original. Yeah. I think like somebody who is much better at me than telling stories could do something very interesting with that Warriors universe. That's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So I know there's been I know there's been some fan films. Um, I know they've been talking yeah. in a reboot, but yeah, I think it's really come to fruition. But uh. You know, and I was kind of wondering, do you think uh, think Swan and Mercy actually made it, like, as a couple? I doubt it. <laughs> no. I, I, but I, I hope they got out. I think it is important when you feel trapped, like, they seem to realize that they were trapped to get out. Yeah. I mean, Swan's obviously a natural-born leader. Yeah. Um, you know, for sure. So, it'd be interesting <laughs> You know, in, in speaking of that Warriors universe, like uh, like an Ajax post uh, post Ajax story, like him getting out. Yeah. I mean, because he's only probably locked up for I mean, not that long, maybe a year or two. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, did, does he realize the error of his ways? Does he just go back to doing the same shit? That's the thing. It's like I, I, I think Swan left. Does he come back to try to take the war chief position in the Warriors? Yeah, it'd be great if somebody was really good and wrote a story about that. Yeah. So that'd be uh, that'd be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, high fires. If if you haven't seen this movie, sorry, we spoiled it. Um, you should probably watch it first. But it's, <laughs> I mean, watch it. I mean, yes, a lot of the parts are, are campy. Um, some of the dialogue's kind of campy, but just remember what they're working with and the time that came out. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely remember this is a movie in 1979, 79, 78. Um, the the yeah, like the the maybe not the beat to beat action is up to par, but the emotions are there. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it harkens to the why the for, for those who feel this way, why the fights in the original Star Wars trilogy are better than the fights now. Yeah. It, 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 it's in it's in that it harkens to that, I feel. Yeah, like you said, just keep it simple. Yeah. You know, a simple story, simple theme, but I mean you flesh out the characters and yeah, they did so much in this movie with so little. Yep. So that's a great way of putting it, Doc. So yeah, I never thought of it that way. So yeah. Well, Doc, thank you so much for doing this with me, man. I uh I have a whole new appreciation for this movie. You know, I've probably seen it at least a dozen times. Yeah, it, it is. It is as one point was my like go to sleep movie. Like, yeah, like I'm winding down for the night. All right, Stone the Warriors. Yeah, it's I fall it's asleep, cool asleep. People, you know that you see a lot of influences. You know, in rest, obviously, you know, Gold Dust. But there, I mean, there's several other characters that you know were definitely yeah. influenced and, and, and the style. It like it, it's been taken. It's been taken. So yeah, just from a shitty little movie made in New York in the late seventies. So, well, uh, Doc, before we pull a train to stations or anything else, you wanna you wanna um talk about the Warriors before you uh, put over all your other stuff? Uh, nothing to talk about the Warriors. I can put out. I can put over my wrestling. Uh, I took a month break. I'm back. Just follow me on all the social medias, Doc Seven Seventeen, to find out where I'm at next. Yeah, my boys, country air killing killing the game, everybody. If you're if you're not hip, you know, you should be. So, um, you know, I am. <laughs> we appreciate all you do for us, brother. Thanks for the support. Of course. And speaking of podcasts, I mean, you also do something weekly, Doc, that people. Yes, have. yes. I do do my own podcast where I talk about the wrestlings I did over the weekend, the Take It Home podcast. Um, once I'm not lazy, I'll probably be on uh, this media hopefully one of these days so yes once uh, i'm not lazy and i i set aside the audio for it you know um and i and i don't put it over enough but yeah high fiver seriously check it out take it home um most of you guys do a great job if you really want to understand what um you know what these what you guys go through you know on on a week-to-week basis yeah it's it's fucking incredible i I don't listen as often as i'd like to because i'm an asshole but i'll put it over as much as i can Thank you, thank you. Hey, that's all that matters. Yes, put us over. That's what's <laughs> one or the other. We will take either. Listen to it or just put us over. That's what matters. Yeah, no, it's it's really kind of like a diary, and like in the insight into like you know the. I mean, yeah, you're in the ring for 15 minutes a week, but you know all this. Yeah, it's 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 about the drives, the experiences, uh, the hanging out. The, yeah. Uh, what can we grab for food? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great time. So, everyone, I will definitely put the link in here. But, uh, Doc, thank you so much, my friend. Um, I will see you in real life in two weeks. I'm assuming you guys are at ICW, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, high fivers. We'll talk to everybody later. Wait a couple of seconds after we move, then cut out the other way. Why can't I stay with you? Just do what I tell you, okay? Come on. I can take care of myself. I proved that.
you stay behind me. I'm gonna take him out to the sand. What about you? You ready? Let's do it. We are good. 